Hey, everybody, welcome to the Daily Objective. And today is the final day and the final show of 2021. And what a year it's been. We're going to be reviewing it today. And uh, we want to know what you think. Why don't you let us know in the comments, the chat, the super chat, especially what were some of your uh, highlights or lowlights? What what comes to mind when you look back on this year? And uh, let's meet our co-host. We've got first off a guy. He's from Greece. Jesus effing Christ. Why am I why am I using that kind of language? I'm so I can't believe he's here on New Year's Eve. This guy, nothing could keep him away from this show. He's all he's dressed to impress. Please welcome Nikos Sotirakopoulos. Hi, everyone. Yes, we are four hours away from the change of the year in Greece, which is why I'm dressed up. But I would dress up for our audience anyway, as a sign of respect and a big thank you for your support this year. And also, I'm not the only co-host who is dressed to impress today. So <laughs> so we've also got a guy who, boy, does this guy know how to look sharp. Uh, he's not his brother's keeper, according to the sign behind him. Uh, he's a man of many books and a man of many means. He's a finance guy. Please welcome Jonathan Honig. Great. Great to be with you both uh, You know, on New Year's Day and throughout the day and throughout the year. I mean, this has been, uh, in many ways, a very memorable year. In many ways, a very unmemorable year. For me, one of the most memorable and one of the most pleasurable parts has been sharing it with you, Nikos, and you, Rucka, and even more broadly with Dylan, who was our one of our uh, villains behind the scene. I say that in you know, objectivist villains in that sense, but even more broadly than that, our philosophy posse, all the members, the supporters, the super chatters, the, oh, what is it? The, the cross, po- with the, what is the uh, clubhousers, all the people that make the Ayn Rand Center UK, the real international movement that it is on discussions that we've had all throughout the year. So happy to end it out on a positive note and on a philosophical note as well with you gentlemen today and this evening as well. Absolutely. So um, do either of you have any kind of memories, like anything that comes to mind when you think of the year 2021? I've had a hard time even differentiating one year from another ever since, uh, <laughs> you know, the downfall of society, as I call it. So every, every year, my motto is, if on this day you're alive and healthy and everyone around you, the people you love is alive and healthy, on a, on a basis, it's been a good year. And I know this might sound low aspirations, but for me, it's the exact opposite. So my take is always, if the baseline is okay, I mean, if I'm healthy and nothing horrible hasn't happened, there's no reason why the next year is not going to be better than the previous year. So that's, that's my take every time. So my wish every, on every occasion around New Year's is next year, as we say in Greek, which means everyone still present next year. And if this is taken care of, you know, outside it might be chaos and all that stuff. But we are people of self-esteem, of uh, confidence. So if we've got our health and those that we love are also healthy, there's no reason why every year should not be a year of thriving. Aspare parodes. Apades parodes. Apades parodes. All right. Well, that nothing you said had anything to do with what this past year uh, brought us. But thank you for that very inspiring speech. Um, you know, there's a saying in Jonathan and mine's, uh, you know, heritage. It's next year in Jerusalem. I'll say, though, uh, next, year, 
next year, Jonathan in Jerusalem. I'll uh, I'll just hang, kind of hang out in Austin for a while. But yeah, uh, you know, not. I guess I, I'll... I'd like to have working internet access on the New Year. So I mean, oh come on, are you kidding me? I mean, Israel is like the Silicon Valley of of that whole hemisphere. But that that's not the point. We're here to talk about the year 2021. I get you know, on a personal note, what comes to mind is I moved. I came to the decision and I took some Herculean action the way it felt to, to you know, to, to move from California all the way to Texas, which, you know, uh, in, in, a, in a number of ways, I never really thought I would do. I mean, to me, California always kind of seemed like the final the final place for me. But uh, a number of things happened. So, all right. Well, I mean, let's talk about 2021. All right. I hate to bring this up, but right at the start of 2021, Right when people were saying, finally, 2020 is over. Finally, things can get back to semi-normalcy. Then there was the storming of the U.S. Capitol by a bunch of crazy people. Okay, so right off the bat, 2021 started off on the most depressing note that I could almost imagine. All right, that happened. You guys are welcome to comment on that, or we can move forward from okay, that. Okay, no, no, we, we will comment on that. But first of all, big picture. I would say 2021 was better than 2020 and i realized that maybe there were more people who died from the pandemic and all that stuff but this is the year of the triumph of the human mind which was the vaccines in terms of it became evident to everyone how quickly we can deal with the stuff and uh, if only the human mind is left uh, is left alone so even even there, there were delays there was all that stuff but overall big picture i think 2021 uh, was a year that ends with a positive note, taking into accordance how bad it could have been uh, in, in 2020. Okay, the capital, uh, we've discussed this a million, a million times. It was, how does, uh, how, how to put it? It was in a way predictable in terms of when reason is out of the game and when politics about how I feel like what we saw is, uh, is as Yuraka said, it was a moment of epiphany in terms of, yeah, this is like the walking embodiment of, uh, of what has been the mindset in parts of the American rights. And to use a title of a daily objective that we use this year, for me, the, real, the, the worst January 6th of the American right was not only January 6th, but even more was the turn of big parts of the counter-cultural, anti-establishment, however you want to call it, right, against the vaccines. So to put it in a bigger 2021 overview, for me, the biggest disappointment of the year was the American rights. And I don't associate the American rights with uh, the capital, which was a particular part, a very fringe part of, uh, of it. But in some ways, I think the epistemological turn of the turn towards tribalism, the turn towards groupthink, the terms towards anti-capitalism, like, oh, it's big pharma that wants to uh, give us 15 uh, jobs. For me, this was the worst political development of the year in terms of disappointing me and uh, making me re-examine some of the stuff. Yeah, I mean, a lot to, we could get into there as far as the capital and, and the right and all that. But, you know, I really respect um, your intellectual honesty and the fact that you're true to yourself, whether that means you stand against objectivists or whether that means you stand against the right. In any in every case, you're do, you're you're walking your own path. And that's what we call integrity. So, you know, Thanks. good. 
at looking forward to seeing, you know, how, how this story, the story of your intellectual life continues. Um, all right. So that happened January 6th. Then um, at some point after that, yes, the vaccine came about That's sort of chronologically next, I guess, on the list, the, the vaccine. I mean, yeah, like um, talk about something that's been used as a political or like a culture war item. Now, like where you stand on vaccines now is like where you stand in in terms of this uh, this cultural divide. So now taking your medicine is controversial. It, like people like look at like have an opinion on whether you do take the vaccine or if you don't take it for whatever reason. That's also obviously going to be a big deal in this sort of culture war. It's a. Uh, it's very startling, but also in a way it's sort of predictable because this is kind of ha- what people tend to do when they're tribal and when they're sort of um, package dealing, uh, to use uh, to use a phrase that uh, we might be familiar with, like we're package dealing. So like being, um, let's say, um, pro science, pro vaccine, wearing a mask like is like one side, but then also being like for liberty, let's say not wanting lockdowns means that you're suspicious of this vaccine as well. Like those two are packaged, packaged together in the minds of many people. But, you know, uh, here, many of us here on this channel and in probably the larger community were anti-lockdowns and uh, pro-vaccine, just like we're pro every other past vaccine. So it's not this, this vaccine is not like um, it's not dictator Biden's uh, attempt to uh, install a secret, you know, chip in all of our bloodstreams or something like that. I mean, that's such an arbitrary claim that uh, that these conspiracy nuts are coming up with the way I see it. Well, uh, great to be with you both and uh, talk about some of maybe the higher points of New Year's. I mean, boy, I mean, I can't think of probably a lower point of 2021 than January 6th uh, or any New Year's, uh, you know, kind of any New Year's memory at all. I'm sure we'll get into it next week. I'll just share two happy New Year's memories briefly. Three, actually. Number one happy New Year's memory was, I believe, in 1992. Rucka, I know you weren't even born back then. Nikos, you might have been briefly born. <laughs> it was my one of my of early memories of New Year's was one of my first kisses. I think this is the first kiss where I technically, the kids used to say, I don't know, can you say kappa feel anymore? I don't know if that's... Uh-oh. Is that bad? Are, are you about to me too yourself? Well, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm kidding. Well, tell us, early, tell us what happened. It's New well, Year's. Let's just say it was a good New Year's memory in high school with a woman named Jenny who was driving a Ford Escort. Who uh, the only music available was uh, "How Do I Know If He Really Loves Me," which is by Whitney Houston. It was the tape single stuck in her tape uh, player at the time. That's a good New Year's memory. The other one actually involves. Objectivism, I believe in 2014, with Harry Binswanger at a party uh, with a, a, a friend of mine at the time and Harry and Gene, and the song was Imagine that they were playing. And Harry was not indignant, but he was saying how, he's kind of shaking his head, this is a t- terrible song, he was explaining why it's such a horrible communist song. My third happiest New Year's memory is this one because of all this support on our super chat from Mary Eileen, who is... You know, we don't have kings and queens, but she I would consider her the queen of Ayn Rand Center UK. Mark Moses, thank you. Happy New Year to you. Allison, asking about our New Year's resolutions. Thank you, Allison, for being such a great part of the philosophy posse. And James Valiant, super generous 
James, we should be giving you that donation because you inspire us. We learn so much from you. And, uh, and also uh, Roland, who put something in a language that, Nikos, you probably can translate, uh, certainly not in English, but we appreciate and thank you and celebrate with you for this year and many more. It's going to be even better than my first kiss with Whitney Houston on the radio. It'll be years of more intellectual development, maybe sexual as well, but certainly intellectual to come. I thought How's you that were gonna, for a tease? That was nice. I thought you were saying for a minute your first kiss was with Whitney Houston, and uh, <laughs> she was quite the looker in those days. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm playing on the radio. This this is one of the most interesting episodes we've ever done, just like in terms of jumping from one topic to the next and the theme to the next. But I think that's wonderful. I mean, to this to me is the spirit of New Year's Eve, which has always been my favorite holiday. I mean, I used to drink and I used to drink to get drunk. You know, the past 10 New Year's Eves, I have not. But I, it's still my favorite holiday. You know, there's just such a positive vibe out there. You know, Jonathan, when I grew up in a very religious, I mean, I'm saying Jonathan because, you know, he's he's uh he was raised with the same religion, but this, this, you might be interested too, Nico. So, you know, raised with the Jewish New Year's, which is a very, very demanding holiday. You got to stand in a synagogue for like four hours in the morning, two days in a row. That when you're, you know, a kid, four hours is an eternity. And then, you know, you're anticipating Yom Kippur, which is like a full day of fasting and, 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 uh, and prayer and all this. And it's like, all oh, for what? For what? You know, just enjoy, reflect on the past year, enjoy the holiday and make plans for the new year. That's my kind of new year. So I like the fact that we're in sort of party mode already here on the show. Yeah. Did you ever have one, Nikos, uh, whether I don't know if you'll get this reference, but kind of the when Harry met Sally New Year's, because there is a bit of pressure to have kind of a romantic liaison, if you will, on New Year's, a kiss with someone a party. Thank you, Marilyn. She says she had a wonderful new year and that we're a big, we are a part of what made it a good year. So we thank you, Marilyn, as well. And, you know, I couldn't imagine a liaison with Marilyn, maybe not necessarily, you know, a, I mean, an intellectual liaison, but for you gentlemen, is there any pressure on New Year's to kind of have a, you know, a when Harry met Sally moment, if you will? So I, I'm, I remember almost every romantic. Uh, uh, so the big romantic moments, I remember them very vividly. I don't remember anything in New Year's, and here's why. So first of all, for the last 15 years, since I moved uh, abroad, every New Year's Eve, I spend it with family because it's not many days that I, I spend in, in Greece. So nothing particularly important in terms of romance. Uh, I, I had the one very memorable New Year's Eve, which was in the army. So it was the night the officer who was on duty was a relatively young guy. He wasn't, a, he wasn't let's say, a career officer. He was a short career officer, which means he was way more relaxed. So the day after, the barracks looked a bit like there was, uh, you know, b bottles of whiskey everywhere. We had a good time. It was, it was a short break that it felt a bit like here we are back to normalcy. And when you're in the army, this is something which is, uh, this is, something which is important. So I was in a small town uh, in the periphery, somewhere outside, somewhere outside hours, three, four hours outside of Athens. So it's perhaps one of the most interesting, as if interesting as unusual New Year's Eve. 
poor Raka started <laughs> reviewing the political events, and here we are remembering memorable romantic moments. So, no, New Year's <laughs> Eve is the one. So I have romantic stuff for, for Easter, for uh, you know, spring, but not New Year's Eve, never. Okay, all right. Oh, well, well yeah, but anyway, anyway, let the past be the past. I've had a lot of very great uh, New Year's Eve memories. You know, some of them are kind of bring to mind being, you know, very young and full, like really chasing my dreams and like enjoying the moment with friends. You know, I've, I've stolen a smooch or two in my day. Uh, other other New Year's Eve, you know, like uh, New Year's Eve 2010 or 2011, the very end of 2011, going into 2012, I guess it was something like whatever it was. The first time I was not drinking, I turned off my phone at like 5 p.m. So no one would invite me anywhere. And I just got into bed early and just waited it out. And that was what kind of what I needed to do that year. But, you know, since then, I've been to parties. I've been all over the place. Uh, you know, it's some, sometimes parties. Sometimes the best New Year's Eve is just alone with somebody special. I mean, it's all you know, it's all a question of like where you're at this year, who, you know, who you're close to and, and, you know, and I'm looking forward to tonight. I've got, uh, I've got a few friends in town already that uh, I'm looking forward to seeing later. And, and Roland is following up quickly. Nikos, you were expected to translate this. Roland is again, generous. Another five euro saying his Greek, he was Greek for everyone present, which was a Greek expression he learned just today. So, you know, when you support Iran Center UK, it's almost like you're getting a Rosetta Stone for, for the Greek language as well. So it's like a twofer with Nikos here on the, on the staff, on team. So was this the phrase I said, apa desparodes? Because I cannot see the super chat. It's all Greek to me in yes. this sense, oh, literally, yeah. Anyway, yeah, the, pro, the point is benevolent message. If to our to our audience, I think that's the best hope. Yes, that's that's it. That's indeed the Dylan uh, uh, sent me the message. You got it right, Roland. Well done. Very good. Uh, anyone else wants to try that out? Hit that super chat button and let's end this year strong. All right. Yeah. Hey, look. I mean, don't you know? Poor me. I don't care. I'm I'm happy to talk about all types of personal stuff. But we're uh, someone chose the topic yeah. of the show. Is sure, this year sure, review. sure. Well, well we can talk about some, this year. Let's talk about maybe some where there's some highlights of this year. I mean, Nikos mm -hmm. mentioned the vaccine, you know, and certainly something that is different this time around than last. I mean, there was certainly on the political front, it's hard to find anything that was particularly happy. At least I think we, you probably agree in, in a little sense, but big picture, was there anything else that crosses your mind? Rob? Yeah. So uh, can, I, can I say one more thing on the politics before we go to the good stuff? So if you, for me, the worst development of the year was the new normal in terms of government overreach and something that was not there last year so much, which was mostly the travel bans and number two, the mandates. So it feels very, very weird now. I'm in Greece in every shop I have, they have to scan my vaccine to get in. And this is not the choice of the shop. The government forces the, every shop to do it, but particularly the travel mandates for me, was the worst type of government overreach in 2021. And probably we've heard, we've learned that they're useless because even in countries like Australia or New Zealand, where they have almost North Korean border policy, we see that the new variants eventually make it there. And this authoritarianism with the new phase that we see in Australia and again, mostly New Zealand, I think this will be the worst legacy 
of 2021. So I'm afraid that 2021, in terms of what has left behind in terms of policies, is going to be worse than 2020. In 2020, we had the lockdowns, but at least the lockdowns, the idea was, look, we have to do something because we have something unprecedented and we realize the gravitas of what we're doing. The so that was the language of the government. In 2021, we saw more and more and more new things. We saw something that I could only call a global apartheid that uh, lasted for months. So the left very often uses the term apartheid. And this time where the majority of the developing world was cut from the West, they were not allowed to travel even for important things. We had famous, even famous people, I remember Jürgen Klopp, who missed funerals of beloved ones because they were not allowed to fly without the quarantine. For me, that is the worst legacy of 2021. And this is something that uh, we need to be fit to fight, which is why I said that I'm so disappointed by what a bad year it had been for the American rights, because they did not prove to stand up to the occasion. So it's not that we are criticizing the rights because we've just, you know, we, we get in the, the, the kick out of it. It's because the occasion calls to be more serious when you engage with the challenges and the threats that we're engaging. Yeah, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting like kind of sad and upset just thinking about the people from those developing countries that, that want something better uh, and are unable, are unable to get the most that life has to offer. You know, just like it domestically, it's the ambitious poor that are hurt the most by regulation and government meddling in economics and property. Like, I think uh, when it comes to nation, you know, countries, it's the emer uh, emerging ones, the, the developing ones that suffer the most from environmentalist measures, from travel restrictions, from trade, uh, whatever you call it, protectionism or trade, lack of free trade between people in different countries. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's you, it, it's us here who probably will suffer relatively less as a result of all this BS, but um, you know, not to downplay what it is that like you've gone through Nikos, but, but I mean, yeah, well, those... it, it, uh, still, it wasn't anything important, anything very, very big. Yeah. You've been able, but, you, you've been able yeah. to get through it, but like people in, in these developing countries, ambitious people that are getting a, a taste of capitalism and of travel and are ready to, you know, grab what life has to offer and their one life is going to be now spent largely in hiatus, you know, in this sort of purgatory, hoping that finally the restrictions will be lifted. And it's it's uh, you know, it's very unjust. I'll just jump in quickly. Thank you, Marilyn, for another really generous contribution. And think back to a little something positive And, you know, some of what we're doing here that's so exciting. And uh, uh, Duncan said that the best part of his 2021 was finding Nairon Center UK. Thanks to all, especially James, Nikos, Lisa, Don, Harry, myself, Rucka, and Rozzy. Best wishes for the new year. We're thankful that you found us. Thank so we're thankful that, yeah, that you're part of this whole community. And, you know, what, what I think is so interesting is if you, you all might remember Dr. Dr. Peekoff would always kind of discuss some issues from the day. And, you know, we're all students of objectivism. But a few weeks ago, we actually talked about, Rucka, to your point, you know, this idea of the, the ambitious poor of the most hurt. Now, a few weeks ago, we talked about the song, Don't They Know It's Christmas, you know, and it was for Africa 30 years ago. They're still suffering in Africa. And this is not being, being curt or unkind when saying, what hasn't changed in Africa are the ideas. You know, look how even Ireland over this past couple of decades has turned around as more capitalist. Ideas. Anywhere these ideas have just been tried sample a tiny bit. Africa, sub-Saharan Africa is still 
nomadic. It's still anti-individual rights. It's still uh, non-capitalist. And that's why it's still poor. So we need to maybe drop, airdrop some Ayn Rand, some capitalism objective, uh, the unknown ideal into sub-Saharan Africa. That will help them a lot more than USA for Africa or, you know, we are the world ever did. So, and another thing, you mentioned ideas. So perhaps historically the most surprising event of the year was the return of Taliban officially to power. And it's something that if you had, if you had told someone 10 years ago or, 20, or 15 years ago that the United States are going to spend all this amount of money, which is probably more than, I don't know, the GDP of how many countries for how many years. And yet the Taliban wearing flip-flops, having AK-47s are going to be back to power victorious. It would be something that even if you watched it in a film, you would say this film is silly. Like these films where the communists were a red hit. What was the name of the film where... Mexico becomes communist and with Cuba they attack the United States. And yet it happens. And the only prism through which you can understand it was our own prism that says that there is no such thing as, quote, realism as pragmatism, that ideas matter, that you don't make moral compromises, and that if you do, you will find the result kicking you in the butt. So... American... American foreign policy could not have been sold as a science fiction novel a hundred years ago. I mean, it's people that uh, part of why people come up with these conspiracy theories or all these like, uh, you know, hypotheses of like, well, what, what, who's really in charge? Like who's really profiting from this? Because the actual truth is that yes, some people are profiting from, you know, they're, they're finding ways to grab money off the plate, but this is not being driven by anything coherent. This is a, a hodgepodge of, pragmatism and altruism and just a number uh, it's it's like the lobby system domestically that's kind of what's happening in foreign policy there's a lack of principles and it's it's impossible for people to believe that america is really so incoherent and has such low self-esteem at this point that we just never quite had the stomach to show the taliban who's boss and is correct the movie was red dawn with patrick swayze red dawn red dawn yeah, yeah very frightening and allison is also thanked even more so she credits mark pellegrino for founding us all and she, everyone is stuck with her well, we're, we're happy to have you allison as we learn from you and you you know you're part of this great conversation you know and you know mark's a great example too i mean even look at this around this table here and around this this program we have kind of people from all walks of life professors different areas of education background and expertise And, you know, we're all, we're all learning it and exploring it uh, um, together. But, you know, Nikos, on some level, though, couldn't this outcome have been expected from the start, given the fact that there was never any philosophical, you know, war being transformed? Or should we just talk about something a little more positive, considering, you know, it is the New Year's. We really want to focus on all the on all the groggy, the groggy. We want to. It's hard. We can't okay, throw a rock without positive. hitting bad here's, news. Here's a post. I mean, I was, I was just going to I mean, I was just going to mention, yes. Afghanistan was a total quagmire. I feel like you probably saw it coming basically from the get-go. But think about it. This was, again, the year that we started seeing people go to space, literally tourists go to space. Uh, Shatner, the guy from Good Morning America, Jeff Bale, every So this was a year, if you want to, let's focus on some of the good. Let's not let the bad get us down. Let's, this was a year where we're, we're starting to see space tourism And you talk about fantasizing it, that has come to life. And it's not too expensive, Nikos. It's like quarter of a million dollars. You probably have it in your ATM account right now. 
get on this, get on the train. I mean, you're, you're young and fit. You should go to space. I mean, we have to give some credit to something positive this year. Space tourism is a, you know, a miracle on earth thanks to people like Bezos and all the rest. We'll need a lot of super chats for me to get to, to space. So here's something else very positive for 2021. Uh, sports. So sports in 2020 were politicized. They became part of the culture wars. But in my mind, sports in 2021 were the will and the, the, the commitment for life to go on. So even in the difficult days of the winter, of the first months of 2021, where the vaccines were not widespread, We had the sporting competition without fans. Then, at least in Europe, around the, the, around the end of the spring, we had the Champions League final with some fans. And then we had the, Euro, the, the, the Euros with fans in almost every country. Initially with not full capacity, but then with full capacity. So this year, sports was this challenge to... We need to go back to life as it should be. And we saw the same with the NBA And of course, our boy Giannis uh, won the title and the MVP. So sports uh, was a good memory for me this year. Again, as opposed to 2020, where they, I mean, they were still this year part of the culture world, but who cares? Sports was this idea that no, with tenacity, we are going to resist death and we are going to, life will go on. And uh, that was one of the, of the good memories and one of the things that kept people's morale going in 2021, particularly if your team did well in 2021. Yeah. Um, some more Super Chats. Did we read Megan's yet? Uh, for $5, uh, she says, Nikos, here's your romantic NYE moment. Want to come over and fix my marble fireplace? <laughs> I will send Luigi. Nice. All right. Um, and then Marilyn with $5 says Ayn Rand University is a huge positive. And I know we talked about that yesterday, but but I think it qualifies for this episode, too, because this is an historical moment and it will uh, history will look back on Ayn Rand University and say, yes, they were like the Uber of colleges or something like that. This was this was, you know, more than just an objectivist moment. This was a moment moment. By the way, for Fountainhead aficionados, I think Luigi is the guy who's a friend of Super Mario. What's the Italian name of the guy that Howard Rourke sends to fix the fireplace? Anyone who remembers it, put it on the chat, even if it's not a super chat, because now uh, I'll, I'll keep thinking about it all night and I haven't got the book with me. So I like Luigi. Let's just go with that. But yes, okay. uh, what's all this, uh, even if it's not a super chat talk here? What are, who, 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 what, no, I'm just kidding. All right. Um, You know, like uh, what comes to mind, and I know this is negative again, it's just like the 2021 was the year I kind of realized like this is never really going away, right? And, uh, you know, we were fortunate to have uh, Dr. Amesh Adalja on here. And he pointed out, well, he didn't say that the lockdowns necessarily or measures like that necessarily need to be permanent. He, he's obviously opposed to it. I mean, it's obvious to anyone who listens to him, but people who don't listen to him, they, they hear what they want to hear. They think he's pro-lockdown, but that's not my point. My point is... Um, the virus itself just seems like it will be here basically indefinitely. It seems it'll, it'll it, evolution, you know, sorry, evangelicals, but evolution seems to be uh, at play speaking very amateurly here. And, um, then you've got, um, the way that people are reacting to it, which is, yes, it's going to be increased lockdown. It's going to be people wearing masks. It's just like, yeah, it's like, I understand we don't want to get people sick if we can help it. 
But um, let me just let me just say this this whole idea of, of like, oh, we're always going to be with this. It's never going away. All I remember is after 9-11, this sense of people were saying life is never, you know, they're never going to build, build tall buildings again. No one's ever going to travel again. And there was that big sense of this time it's different. This, I, I am not that dire about the future of the pandemic. I have great belief in all the technology that's going on and all, and all the, so I, I'm not, my, I have no fear about this long term. If maybe it's a little more inconvenience, um, but I'll quickly just quickly echo what Marilyn is and others said about Ayn Rand University is you know think about all, what we're doing now. People say, oh, you know, there's no objectivist legislators and there's no real objectivist movement. You know, how many of us had an old book like this and we used to clip that you know that little uh, tearaway thing to get more information? And you know, part of what we're doing at the Ayn Rand Center UK is interesting. People, whether it's like uh, Ellison, but people who are new to objectivism, just picking it up and learning about it. So, you know, if your goal is an objectivist universe, it's not really my goal, but, you know, we're part of it. We're part of it every day. We're making our own lives better through learning about and exploring some of these ideas. So I take it as a win because I learned about objectivism this year and my life got better because of it. So for me, that's a that's a W. I've learned a lot as well. Some of it happened here while as a result of doing the show and, and talking to all you smart folks and uh, being called upon to comment on stuff. And that got me to realize, like, uh, you know, because we've, we've spoken about since this uh, show was conceived, we've been talking about, is this East Germany? Is it what is how do you call this? And I, I, I realized on the show and I said, I think this is the mixed economy basically the realities of the mixed economy reaching the average person. Like we're all big business now. We're all financiers now in a sense. Now we're all being treated like we're guilty, you know, just for existing, which is how bankers are treated every day. It's how big business are treated every day. And um, now, you know, tag, you're it. And so we really ought to think about, is this, is this the world we want to live in? Is this the world we want to live in? This was perhaps the most... Uh profound take of the daily objective in 2021. I mean, if you think about it, this was an original moment. So that's, that's a big, that's a, that's a daily objective takeaway in 2021 by, by Raga, who perhaps makes him the MVP of the year 2021. But wow. I, yeah, I, I can't take that as I take that and put it in my pocket. Oh, stop. No, but uh, I mean, I, you know, a lot, a lot of positive vibes. You know, it's unfortunate that uh, so many negative things have been raised when there's just so many positive things. I mean, what do you guys think of Facebook's metaverse or meta, whatever it is? I have zero. I have zero idea. So I won't. Uh, I can't uh, comment. But what I found interesting is how so many other people who have zero idea have hot takes on metaverse. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love technology. Uh, Jonathan, please. No, no, no. I was just going to say, I mean, you know, I don't even know what, as they say, WTF exactly metaverse is, but I love the idea of all of these companies, all these entrepreneurs around the world falling over themselves to try to find something amazing and new for us to buy. You know, what's that old, that meme of, you know, take my money, take my money. And like, isn't that great that in a free society, in a free economy, there's people always trying to come up with something new. And like, to your point, Nikos, I'm, I'm almost amazed when people have such adamant hot takes against something that is costing them nothing, that they don't have to be, you know, it's like, oh, I hate what Facebook's doing. No, no, no. It's like, you know, well, 
it's not costing you anything and you don't have to be involved with it. So I just love the fact that every year that comes around, there's some new technology to maybe try, maybe not try. And um, you know, that's, you only see that of course, in a, in a free capitalist entrepreneurial society, which despite all the, the, the hot takes we still have. Mm-hmm. You know, and Don- part of this, part of this reaction is that, Uh, Zuckerberg is making us all uh, retreat to the online world and is making us all soy boys. If this is the case, then you yourself become better and you have an advantage. So if you, yeah, that's, so don't focus on, on the negative stuff. Even this is decline of the West, uh, even this is whatever, you know, be, be the example that will lead the resistance or be the, the do so. but the problem is that most of the people who, who react to these things they stick on the negative and they don't make themselves an example of what is the alternative. So, yeah, if there is no meaningful re- relationships in the offline world and we have to all go online, yeah, create these meaningful relationships in your own circle. Don't, uh, don't, uh, or do yeah, something And, 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 and Taisy says, <clears throat> she says she doesn't hate Meta, but she doesn't like their sanctimonious politics. But, you know, look what we're doing here. You know, we're using big tech and talking about other types of politics, talking about, a, you know, so we're, you know, we're speaking out as Ayn Rand would say, right, uh, Raka? Having, having said that, uh, the, the, the way that quote big tech threats, anyway, I don't want to go back to Trump and all that stuff, but it was for me one of the very worrying trends of 2021. The, this idea that We've got everything figured out. We know who, what is good and what is bad. And in our moral compass, the leader of, uh, of Iran can be on Twitter, but Trump cannot be. So that, that was something that was actually something that 10 years ago would sound completely inconceivable. And again, how interesting that the left that was talking about all the, how, uh, how uh, big money is ruining democracy, they had nothing to say about that. And of course, even on that topic, the reaction of the right was so bad that takes away any merit that they might have because their reaction was, oh, okay, therefore we need to, to, we need to use the big arm of the, the strong arm of the state against, quote, big tech, including people f- from our community or the periphery of our community, which makes it sad. Anyway, let, let's let's finish with something positive, though. Yes. Um, I mean, there's a lot we could get into all day, but uh, we only have uh, a little bit of time. So uh, any plans, any resolutions and or goals for the new year? Either of you? So hope, hopefully within two, three weeks, I will have uh, moved back permanently to Greece. This will be the year where I'll work full, ta- full time with objectivism, which was the biggest development in 2021 for me. So again... If everything goes well in terms of, you know, nothing uh, extraordinarily bad, this is going to be a good, this is going to be a good year. Yeah. Uh, should I go? Jonathan, you got anything? I'll go, uh, no, I, I mean, my, yeah, yeah. Go, you go ahead, Raka, please. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I hope to, uh, Raka's Nuka's NFTs are dropping at midnight Eastern. And uh, I mean, you know, this, they say this is the way of the future. So let's see what happens. It, it would be really wonderful to uh, in the future be like Gary V, you know, yelling at the young, telling them why they'll never be successful like me, because uh, 
you know, they don't have what it takes. That would be a very cool, like new, Just new path. How much is an NFT is a, is a picture of some sort. How much, if one wanted one, how much? It'll only cost NFT? you. It only costs you your soul, Jonathan, one soul S O L. And, uh, that's roughly, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, but that's, we'll, we'll look it up. We'll, we'll look, look it up. up. We'll get into, you know, but, um, you know, uh, you know, hopefully uh, I continue to grow intellectually and spiritually. I, I mature and, and grow as a person. Um, you know, like we, we spoke a lot about the whole objectivist world and about ARC on yesterday's episode. And that got me thinking, you know, like about a year ago, we, we did one of our usual annual patting ourselves on the back type episodes for New Year's. And I think back then, probably like ARC was mostly amateurs. I think like James Valiant was probably like the resident like bona fide intellectual sort of uh, leading the way. And I mean, today we've got him. We've got Don Watkins with a, you know, fixed in, in the in the network. We've got I mean, Ankar Gatte stopping by often and regularly. Harry Binswanger has a show. I mean, this this it's, we're like at like 50 50 now, like amateurs and pros. I mean, it's 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 really an interesting thing to see uh, happening. So, um you know, let's see. Uh, let's see what happens in the world, you know, the intellectual sort of movement. And hopefully it continues to grow and be a positive thing. Yes, Nikos. So raising a glass to Razi. Yes. Raising a glass to Razi, the host that people wish they could see more of. Um, uh, yeah. Jonathan, did you have any? Yeah. Uh, sure. I'll, I'll just, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it on the, uh, a positive note, which is. An objectivist note. I mean, you know, we're all here not because we're all the same in any you know way other than we, you know, all across our super chat too in our world, we share an interest in Ayn Rand's ideas. And I know for me, you know, my life started getting better the moment I learned about Ayn Rand's ideas and the, my life is better the more I adhere to her ideas. So here's to all of us kind of taking this opportunity to explore more of them and not to wait. You know, I'll just say this, you know, when I was just getting into to objectivism, you know, Dr. Peacock was much more active um, you know, he was, and I, I, I think I waited a little bit probably to go see him live, to go to Ocon's. So don't make my mistake, you know, don't wait to kind of avail yourself of, of Don, of James Valiant, of Harry Binswang, or go to these live events that, that Tarazi is uh, organizing in the UK and all around the world and be part of our philosophy posse, because, you know, these are, you know, these are, philo it's philosophy for politics, but I know you guys would agree that you know, ultimately it's about making your life better and improving your life, improving your happiness. I know it's done that for me. So here's, let's raise a glass to 2021, to a great new year for, for all of us with the channel and to all of us individually in, in our own selfish pursuits. Yes. And my favorite line that I've been repeating this year is people need to be more selfish. They need, they're not selfish enough. That's kind of how I see a lot of the problems that plague us as a culture. People are just not selfish enough. And uh, my wish for all of us is may we find se increased selfishness in the upcoming year. All right. I guess with that, we can call it a wrap. Um, thank you all. Uh, Marilyn with $2 says Pascal. I don't think we read that one. But uh, yes. Yes. I don't Pasquale. know. Pasquale. Yeah, that's the oh, name Pasquale. of the guy who Howard Rourke sent uh, to fix the fireplace. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> a guy with the name that cool couldn't, uh, you know, put on the moves, the moves on Dominique with his own, uh, with his own <laughs> swagger. Um, but anyway, jokes aside, thank you all, uh, for watching today. Thank you all for watching this year. Thank you all for your support members of the network, uh, super chatters, or just people who watch people who engage, um, people who share, 
Yeah. People who share, you know, I would say we couldn't do this without you. We could do this without you, but it just, you know, it wouldn't be as cool, would it? Uh, thanks, Jonathan and Nikos. You guys are uh, you guys are like my favorite Internet. Pe- I mean, it's the, we're like Internet friends, you know, I mean, we should really meet up uh, as soon as we can and just kind of uh, breathe the same air. But yeah, nice Look talking to you it. guys uh, on the Internet here. So, so much. All right. Uh, happy New Year. Nothing else happening today. Um, you know, tomorrow is not only New Year's, but is God's day of rest. And I will ask you as the final question of 2021, <laughs> what does rest even mean to a, an omnipotent being? What does rest mean when, when your entire existence is effortless, when you can bring the universe into existence without making, without burning a calorie? What does re- what do you need a day of rest for? Can someone explain that? Leave us a comment down below. See you back here on Monday for a 2022 episode of The Daily Objective. And goodbye. I think.